Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. You know, this whole month we're going to be celebrating, honestly, we're, we're stepping into a new season, I believe. And I, I was thinking about, just I felt compelled to make the month about the anniversary, even though it's not like 40 or 45 or 50 or whatever. But I felt it was a significant season we're stepping into. And God moves and works more through seasons and calendars, right? He's not on our calendar. He's not on our clock, right? And so when he moves, we say, yes, sir, no matter when it is. And we recognize it and we give ourselves wholly to it. And so at the end of last year, for some that will remember, as we got into 21 days of prayer in January, we went into it. I had in me this word threshold. If people might remember that word, we prayed it out through the whole month. And, and I believe that's exactly what we've seen happen. We're stepping over a threshold into another season of ministry, another uh, season of impact and influence, another season of resource, and another season of people coming to Christ, another season of expanding our reach beyond here. And we're still doing that in a greater capacity, but now more and even more around the world. And so I believe we're starting to see that, the reality of it. But it didn't just start this January. It started when the church started. And you realize when God drops a vision in the heart of our founder or, or someone, that it's the vision of God more than the person. Amen? And so it's the same vision today as it was 42 years ago. And we've had different leaders because that's life. People come and people go different leaders. But the vision didn't change. It may look a little different based on abilities and gifts and callings and that, but the vision is God's. And so you can take pastors in and out, but the vision is God's. This is God's church and this is God's vision, amen? And that's what we're about to facilitate that. And we're stepping into a new season of the vision. We wanna share that with you actually throughout the whole month. So you don't wanna miss a, a Sunday because we'll have, um, and I should have asked the production team how you say this, but we'll have live Zoom calls from the field, from India and different places in Nepal, different places we're doing work. We'll have um, opportunity for updates. You can see more video and stuff where we're doing and where God has led us to work in an area around the world. And in fact, even in the coffee shop, we have gathered a coffee from the places like Nepal. We got coffee from India. We got coffee from Cuba. We got coffee from, of course, Mexico. And so we have coffee. I don't, they don't grow coffee in the Ukraine, but they got a coffee blend that they, that they really like. So we got that and some other things planned for that Sunday. And so we're just gonna see what God's doing and just expand our vision and heart for the world and see our part in it. So don't miss any of those weeks. It's gonna be wonderful. But today we need to start with what is that vision? I, I haven't really ever took, taken time to really share this vision. And, and part of it was just where we were seasonally. And now I think it's time for the vision to get out for all of us to see and experience. And so my mom, uh, oh, so we get any farther. Can, mom, could you stand up? Can we honor a founder this morning? Founding pastor, can we honor her? Amen. She came and she goes, so uh, I have my message for today. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so how do you say no to the founder, right? And uh, so we appreciate your faithfulness coming and dragging your kids, kicking and screaming and staying faithful to the call. Speaking of kids kicking and screaming, let me introduce my brother to you. And uh, <laughs> Pastor Jeff and Sylvia, would you stand up? They pastor Audible de Vida. Actually, I just described our sister, the baby of the family, right? Her and her, her and her husband pastor one chapel in Austin, South Austin, Lake Travis and Liberty Hill, if you have family and friends in that area. And so we're just blessed to be a part of what God's doing. And this is not about a family. This is about 
of the family of God coming together and the vision of God and all of us doing our part. And so we sat down or we went to Landa Park and shot a video there uh, around the Founders Oak. If you've ever been down there, it's like fitting, right? It's this tree that was planted in the 1700s and has grown to be this amazing tree. We thought it was a great picture of the strength and longevity of this church. And so we asked my mom to share a few things about the vision my dad had uh, for the church this season. I feel like we're just stepping into a little bit. And so uh, I want to direct your attention to the screen and let's take a look at the video. Hey everybody, we're here in Landa Park in New Braunfels, Texas, and uh, behind us you can see the Founders Oak, and um, I love that tree, and it just exemplifies everything we believe that we have established, God has established here at Tree of Life Church. Uh, it was planted in the 1700s, they believe, and uh, during that time it has just continued to grow. Its roots have established a strong foundation, its trunk is strong and wide, and it has withstood many storms and famines and droughts and over the years. And then it has a large canopy of branches and leaves which bring shade and refuge to so many, not just people, animals, but people as well. And so it is a great picture of what I believe that God intended for Tree of Life Church. And so uh, we wanna tell you the story today about the vision that our founding pastor had about the tree. And so with me, I have a founding pastor, my mom, Karen Duncan Flanagan, and then my brother, uh, Pastor Jeff, Pastors Audible de Vida, and Leon Guanajuato, Mexico. And so mom, I just, maybe you could take a minute and kind of tell us the beginning of this story of Tree of Life and the vision that dad had as God had put it in his heart and it began to grow. Well, your dad had a vision of a tree, but it was really before we ever came to New Braunfels. As he was praying about what God wanted him to do, he he did see a tree and it just began to grow from there. He started talking about this vision he'd had of this tree and and how it grew and it grew. But the first thing that started growing were the roots down into the ground. You couldn't see anything visible, but he, it was like he saw this root system and it was um, went down, down, down into the ground until it reached that there, there was some water way down there. And so the roots grew down to the water. And uh, as the years went by, uh, the tree started to grow. The trunk became stronger and taller. And then eventually the branches started getting larger. And on those branches, there were like little acorns and they would grow and, and it still kept growing. And the roots were always planted in the ground. And another thing that was, he saw the wind come and kind of try to blow the tree, but the roots were so strong that tree could not be blown over. And uh, it just continued to grow, even in the storms, even as the wind was blowing, it continued to grow. And as it grew and the leaves grew and the acorns, so many acorns, the wind came and they just blew all around the whole circle of the globe and they would drop in different places and then those trees would start to grow and so you know he saw that the word of god would go around the world from new Braunfels, from this place from that tree because the roots were in the foundation of the word of god i just want to say about the scripture in isaiah chapter 61 where it talks about trees of righteousness and it says in trees of integrity trees of justice and trees of right standing before God. 
That was the part of the foundation that Tree of Life was built on. And all of those seeds that went around the world, they all have that in them because you know that DNA is in those seeds that would go around the world. And so I, I know, you know, looking back, I can see how those trees have continued to grow, how we have continued to grow, how those who are in Tree of Life, your roots are still going down deep in the Word of God. Well, what a beautiful picture um, with the root system being the foundation of strength and continue to reach out in every environment, every season to find life. And the life comes from the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit. And then from that, over a process of time where the foundation is strong, then that trunk comes and is wide and, and is able to withstand the storms and it's able to withstand the uh, drought and all the things that might come and try and either attach itself or topple it. And then the picture of the canopy of branches branching out, reaching out and leaves, providing shade and you know just a shelter for people to find rest, uh, uh, bearing fruit in every season as the scripture says, and healing and so for people to come and then for it not just to stay here, I love that, but as the wind would blow and the wind in the scripture is a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit would blow through the trees, it would release those seeds out to different places. And as I understand the story too, that a map uh, would unfold of the world and, and uh, God would just blow, the Holy Spirit would blow and those seeds would travel. Uh, around and land and again another tree would spring up just the exact same picture with deep roots strong trunks canopies and then the wind would blow and those trees as it would go on and on and reproduce well it began the vision was back in the beginning of the church but more recently um, God blew a seed from that tree and it landed in Leon Guanajuato Mexico with Jeff tell us that story real quick what how did that happen and are you now? Amen. You know, I, I think about uh, just the whole root system and how that journey of faith began and, and thinking about the vision. And I, and I think it even extends not to just geographical places, but, but I, I believe that in that vision, roots were, roots were planted in that vision in people. And so, uh, you know, and I think it's interesting because I, I look back at being 15 years old and I knew, I mean, God confirmed my calling to Mexico as a teenager. And so I love that whole idea of how it's not just a geographical thing, even though that vision uh, was more geographic, but, but God has to place that vision, uh, plant that vision in people's hearts. And that takes time to grow as well. Years later, 2010, and we're planting, we're, we're a part of, of seeing that vision come to pass. So right. it's been amazing. It has been amazing. and to know that um, you don't give up on the vision. I mean, you don't give up. And God's timing is God's timing. So we're just stay planted and grow. And uh, so that started in 2010. Well, we have to, she's not here with us, but Amy, our sister, um, it wasn't long after 2010 that they had come down from Colorado and there's now three churches in Austin, uh, one chapel that I believe is part of the vision, part of the legacy, certainly within the family. And now we have more campuses popping up in Leon. Yeah, we uh, just planted our third campus, uh, launched our third campus, and this Sunday will be our fifth Sunday uh, of, of the launch. And we've had more people each week. So um, yeah, it's amazing what God's doing. and. You know, there's more chance, more churches to plant. So here we are in this year, a season 
uh, a new season stepping into for Tree of Life Church. And this is the year that I really sense, have this sense and feel like this vision is coming um, um, in, a, in a greater reality. We're, we're seeing it happen. There's so many opportunities um, we're looking at. We have now uh, churches that we're working with and in India, we have churches that we're working with in Nepal, we have churches that we're working with in the Ukraine, in Cuba, and um, other places around the world for sure. Obviously, we mentioned Mexico, and I really sense that we're stepping into this season. It's almost like it's just picked up the pace, and we're now seeing those things become a reality that were dreamed about, only a dream so long ago, but through faith and patience and allowing God to have His perfect work, we're just stepping into this new season and it is exciting. I just want to say that I am very thankful for all of you who've been faithful for all these years. You know, Pastor Don did have a vision, but a vision doesn't come to pass just by one person. It takes all of us working together as a body. And so I just want to thank you from the very bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my family's hearts, my kids, my grandchildren. We just thank you for being there all these years. I mean, 42 years is an amazing, an amazing time. And so thank you for everything you've done, everything you've given, and for being righteous people. And we just thank you for that. And I just want to say that we are going to be planting trees until Jesus comes back because there is a whole world, lost and hurting world, that needs a tree of life where they live. On behalf of our family, thank you so much for being a part of what God's doing here at Tree of Life Church, uh, Texas, and around the world. And I believe the best days for God's vision and purpose to be expressed is in front of us. So we love you. Thank you. And God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. We, we are so thankful for a faithful God, and we are so thankful for faithful, godly people. Amen? And God calls us together, invites us into his story, calls us to share a journey, calls us to share a journey together and to give ourselves to the vision and purpose of God, not just here around the world. We can do more together than we can by ourselves. Amen? And so it's been amazing to see what God has done these 42 years, but I feel like we're just stepping into a new season that God is challenging us, asking us, okay, now things have been prepared. Things have been positioned. Now you're going to have to trust me and step out a little further. That's how God works. And I love what my brother said. He does it in our lives. And, and we have the word is a seed in our heart, the Bible says, that will produce after itself. And we cultivate and nurture that word. And, and the roots go down deep inside of us. And you need to be rooted and grounded in the word of God. Amen? You need to have a life-giving relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so the Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. That gives you time to get roots down and get established. You can be a part of something bigger than yourselves. I love it and so thankful for so many people over so many years. Many are already in heaven looking down, and I imagine people that have been praying for all that time because your prayers, according to the Word of God, as you speak out the Word of God and you pray out the Word of God, they are still alive and active until they come to fulfillment. And the vision in your heart, it may be a while, but God's promise will come to pass because Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He's there in the beginning and the end, amen? He's the first and the last. He's all that in between. And so you stay faithful. And even if you don't see it working, you can't see roots developing. You may not see it. And you may be in heaven one day and you can look down from the grandstands and say, I was there when that seed was planted. 
I was there when that seed watered it, and we watered that, we prayed for that, we gave to that, we served for that, and look what God is doing. And as the example of my wife bringing our grandson up, the next generation, you realize we're setting up the next generation because we have been set up by the generation before us. And so they began with that seed, and you'll see the next coming weeks, as it went to Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico, as we uh, said in the video, and uh, that was the first one. And now there's three campuses, and, and uh, so we went down just a few weeks ago, in fact, to launch the third campus. And so we wanna show you a little bit uh, about that and help you see what is before us, what God's doing in and through us. So take a look at the screen. Hey everybody, here we are just wrapping up the launch of campus number three uh, here in Leon. And it couldn't have been a better night. The weather was perfect. So many people came out from all three campuses excited about what God's gonna do here. And we're blessed to be a part of it with Arbo de Vida, all three campuses. And we're here with the pastors right now. And of course, you know Pastor Jeff. Hey guys, very, very excited. Today, like uh, Pastor Don said, was just amazing. So we've got some great testimonies, some great stories to share. Uh, but right now, um, this is just a really a significant moment for this Colonia. Um, it is a start of something that's just gonna transform this whole area. And you guys are part of that. But I wanna introduce you to our Arbol de Vida family. Uh, so our new pastors of uh, Arbol de Vida Sur, uh, campus, uh, South Campus is Pastor Javier and Sarah. And I know you guys have seen them uh, in Tree of Life. You guys have supported them. You know, the government donated land for us and just really a prime location to have this church. Uh, and part of the deal we have with the government is they'll allow us to do all the church stuff we want, uh, but we also have to provide sort of a community type center where they can have uh, social service projects uh, that, that we can facilitate out of out of the church. And so check this out. After service, a couple of ladies that are part of the new church um, own this land next to us. And so they told us, you know what? We're gonna donate this land that's adjacent to this lot that we have here. So uh, just absolutely amazing. Um, God is faithful and man, he has provided. So we are gonna build something amazing here. Uh, and you guys are gonna very much be a part of it. So we're excited. It was a great first day for a great first service. And God's doing some amazing things here in La Trieras. All right, grab a hold, everybody. One, two, three. All right, come on, come on, come on. Amen. That was awesome. Amazing, amazing, amazing time. And uh, being there with all the excitement that Arbo de Vida, the main campus, the North Campus. And on the other side, uh, Pastor Jeff was uh, Pastor Richard and his wife, Selene. And uh, they pastor the Arbo de Vida West Campus. And so uh, amazing people and a lot of great things going on. And now guess what? They're just kind of open air, putting up a little tent. They need a building, a community center. So we're gonna be praying and believing God and we get plans and things for that. We'll share that vision with you and you see what God does in and through that. Hey, here's what's amazing. So they step out in faith, right? And we've been a part of that. And in the moment that that first launch in the obedience of God, guess what happens is God does. It goes above and beyond. And so the ladies come and say, we're going to give you this land. It more than doubled the size of the property that they have now. Right there, right then. Who knew but God? <clears throat> Who knew but God? But you just say yes. So if we just said, if you do this in 
there's be another piece of property that will come into your possession. No, no, no. You say, we don't know what's going to happen, God. We say yes, and look what God does above and beyond in response to your faithfulness and obedience. And always, always say yes to God and does amazing things. So we're excited about what he's doing and what's happening there and our part that we play in it. And so we'll let you know more. And then every week you'll hear more updates about other places. Uh, But I want to share a few things with you before we close. We have just a few minutes left and we'll have uh, a special song at the end and then communion. Uh, I, I just, I have this sense in me that to do, to, as we all do, to take that next step, if you will, in your own life, in your own relationship, your family, your marriage, whatever it is, take that next step in God, you have to make another commitment, a deeper commitment. I mean, because you don't move on to another level without taking, counting the costs and then making commitment, I'm all in God. And so as I stand here today and I think about the 42 years that have happened, I was 13 at the very first service of Tree of Life and we've seen all of it. But what we've seen is committed people. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that come, and there's a lot of people that come and go and things, and I, I get all that. But, but you know what makes that possible is committed people, disciples. We'll talk about it in just a second. So we, we, can, we have a lot of people that come and attend, and we have a lot of people that come and participate, and that's great, and we're thankful for them, and we pray, pray for them, and we treat them like everybody else. But you know what makes a dream happen? Disciples. It's the committed. We're here because of for 42 years, there's been committed people. Others have come and gone, and at times they have, and many are in heaven now, but it's that commitment. And I, and I think it's important. Every time you step into a new season, you, you got to check yourself. Where's your commitment at? And, and I'm looking at that from the standpoint of, of me as an individual and me and uh, myself and my marriage, my family, and then uh, as the church, as the pastor of the church. We're committed to God's vision for the next season, if you will, however long that is. As a church, I said, yes, Lord, and we're committed to it. And you'll see it this month. And we're going to step out in faith and see God do above and beyond what we ask, hope, or think, because that's what he does. But there's a passage of scripture I want to share real quick with you that I, I really feel is important for us. In fact, uh, during the 21 days of prayer, which start tomorrow at 6 a.m., we'll see all of you here in the morning at 6 a.m. or online with us. <laughs> we're going to pray. Thank you, Pastor Eric. And uh, <laughs> we're going to pray out this passage a little bit and see how God leads us. And I feel it's the word for us today, moving in this season. And it's, uh, let me start first by Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. And you can't have a vision uh, message, if you will, without this passage of scripture. Let me read it for you. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain. Can I, can I, can I just say this? Write the vision. And make, that's what we're trying to do. We want to share the vision with you and make it plain. Why? Because we want everybody to be a part of it for those that will say yes. We don't want anyone to miss out because I believe it's in your benefit. Come on, it's in your benefit to be a part of what God's doing, amen? Because here's what I know, for over 42 years, here we are doing what God's called us to do and many people have come and gone and it's the people that say yes to the vision that get to be a part of the reward. And so I say that to say, because it's in your best interest to say, yes, God, because God's going to bless you. He's going to honor you. He's going to provide for you when you provide for him. And so you need to know the vision. It needs to be plain. Write it down. Make a plan to have us that he, oh, let's go back just a second, that he may run who reads it. Can I ask you this morning? Read the vision today. Read it through the Holy Spirit. Let him speak to you. We'll filter it through the Holy Spirit. Not through man, not through Don, not through the videos. Not Read it today through the Holy Spirit and through the word of God because it has to get down inside of you. It has to get down inside of you. People can come, people can come and go every week and not read the message of the day. And so we need to make sure that we have this on the inside of us. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. 42 years we're now stepping into things. 42 years people had prayed for what we're seeing now. 42 years of people are in heaven now 
what's happening today for what they prayed and believed God. You need to hold on. But at the end of it, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. I don't know what's in your heart, but wait for it. If it's a promise of God, wait for it because he's the alpha and omega, right? He was with you in the beginning. He's gonna be with you in the end to fulfill it. But you may have to wait a little while, but you hold on to it. It will surely come and it will not tarry. Turn to Luke 14 for me. I love that. And this is an obvious example after 42 years. Things we're just now seeing come to pass have been prayed about for 42 years. And we don't know what we're gonna pray about and what we'll see maybe after our lifetime and the next generation, like my grandson and others will come and walk out what God had put in the heart for this vision for this house and this church. But, but it's gonna take commitment. It has up to this point in time, it's going to. Another place, another dimension, another level is gonna take a commitment from all of us. So here's what it says in Luke 14, 25 through 27. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, listen to the wording, and does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. That's a very strong statement. I mean, it seems kind of harsh, right? It's like, whoa, what do you mean about I gotta hate my father and my mother. And really what Jesus is meaning is you can't love anyone or anything more than me. What Jesus is saying with these hard words, it's like, here are the relationships that are closest to you in life, right? Mother, father, brother, sister. Well, I don't know. Anyway, so, right? <laughs> some of you are like, oh, you've not met my brother. And, uh, but the closest relationships in life, and yet even yourself. He says, you gotta love me so much more than that. As if to say, He's wanting a big gap between him, number one, and number two. He doesn't even want it like this. Come on, somebody. He doesn't even want it like this. He sure doesn't want it like this. In fact, let me say this. If he's not at the top of your list, he's not on your list. Because he's number two to nobody and nothing. Because he's God. So what God is saying in the scripture, I believe, is let's see what we can do in our commitments to make sure that he knows that there's a huge gap between him and everyone else. You are the single most important thing. And let's do everything we can do as a church to let this world know that there's a huge gap between God and this world. Because if there's not a huge gap between God and this world, why would the world want what we got? Because you know what I see today, and I'll say it because I'm a pastor and I can say it, and I'm not thinking about any church in mind, but in general. What I see today, churches trying to be more like the world to attract more people. And God says, I need a widening gap, not a closing gap. You see, trust me, if I'm up here number one and everything else is down here, I'll do what needs to happen. But he says, what, what churches are trying to do is, is trying to do something to get people here, but the church should go out where the people are. I don't need to be like you to get you here. I'm going to go chase you down where you are, right? <laughs> because that's what we understand. And when it comes to the world, we're going to go plant churches where God leads us. We're going to go to the places nobody else is or, or go to a place we have relationship and opportunity. We're going to chase it down. We're going to go out there and plant churches because when this gap is wide, God provides. Listen, here's what I know. For you and I, this church to move forward and what God has for it and this amazing future, which is bigger than we can imagine. I'm, I'm like, I'm super excited, but I'm, I'll be honest, I'm nervous at the same time because I'm seeing all this. I'm like, I don't know. And everything in me, part, my, my flesh is like, I don't know, that's too much. That's too, and God's like, how'd you get here? Okay, God, absolutely. And so we're gonna widen that gap, do everything we can to make sure this world here in our area and around the world, that they know there's a gap between 
our love for God and our love for the world. Not in a sense of being like the world. I said that wrong, right? We love the world. We want to reach the lost, but we're in the world, but we're not of it. And so he's saying that right there. It's going to take a commitment for us to see how we can make sure that there is a big gap between God being number one in our life and everything else being two, three, four down the way. Amen? And he's talking about discipleship, right? And then he goes on to say this. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Let me say something about that. You know what God wants us to do? He wants us to count us the cost, wants us to count the cost because he wants us to build something. He wants us to build something. Come on. He needs people that are committed to him to build his kingdom. He needs people committed to him to build marriages. These people committed to him to build families, to build resource centers, community centers. He's looking for people to build the kingdom. He's looking for people to build the community. He's looking for people to build families, marriages around the world. So we count the costs. We have to go on to build. What will you build? And then it goes on to say this in verse 31. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000 men? If he's not able, he'll send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. He says, consider the cost. Consider the cost before you go to battle. Consider your commitment. Where is it at before you go to battle? Where does that gap look like before you go and build something? What's that gap look like before you go and fight or battle something? Can I tell you we're in a battle here? And we're fighting for the, the souls of our young people, of our kids, our teens. We're, we're fighting for marriages. We're, we're fighting for people desperately deceived and lost. We're fighting against demonic activity, but it's real. If you don't believe it, it's real. It's, you know, trust me, it's real. We're, we're fighting against compromise. We're, we're fighting against the assignment of the enemy against the church and against the gospel. We're, we're fighting against culture. We're fighting against casual Christianity. Come on, somebody. We're fighting against the things that's wrong. We need to count the cost. Consider the cost before you build and consider before you battle. Are you willing to build something? Are you willing to battle something today? Because it's going to take all of us all in. And here's what I know. Considering is not costly, but discipleship is. Counting and considering costs you nothing, but discipleship costs you everything. And that's why so many of us never get beyond the considering, because it doesn't cost us anything. But to go all in, to make that gap widen, I love you, God, more than anything else. It costs you something. It costs you everything. And, and let me say this today, because we live in a world different. I don't, I don't know what it was like when you came to Christ. I don't know when that was. I, I know what it was for me. Maybe some of you, or maybe in last week, uh, maybe someone first service, we had a lot give their life to Christ first service. Maybe you've been in this life. Can I tell you the price has gone up? Not to receive Jesus, but to live for him. Uh, when you receive Jesus back in, things have changed. Prices of yesterday are not the prices of today. Can I say that? And you're like, no joke. Go to the gas pump, go to the grocery store, right? <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. It costs a little bit more. It may cost you a little bit more worship. Pay it. It may cost you a little bit more prayer. Come to 21 Days or get online with us. It may cost you a little bit more giving. It may cost you a little bit more serving. But listen, the prices of yesterday are not the prices of today. But we have to commit and go all in. But God will provide. 
God will provide. And what we were paying when we first came is not the same as what we're paying today. Here's what I see, and I don't, want to, I don't see it here. I just say it here. We want to be discount disciples. Right. No, don't get me wrong. I like looking for a discount. My, my, my wife can stretch a dollar farther than anybody I know. But when it comes to the things of God, there are no discount disciples. You don't get all this to pay this price. It doesn't work that way. And it's like, I don't, someone should have helped me out. I, was trying, I heard this illustration before I shared it first service. You don't go into like Fendi or Louis Vuitton or whatever and ask where the 50% off rack is. They will throw you out of there in a second. We went on one of our trips. We went into one of these high-end stores just because, and uh, my wife looked at a bag or something. They wouldn't even let her touch it. Man, put that down, please. Don't touch that. <laughs> Maybe it was the way we were dressed. I don't know. Maybe it looked like we were going to grab and run. I don't know. I don't know what it looked like. <clears throat> but you know why they don't discount that? Because it's quality. Why are we looking for a discount from God when it's quality? He doesn't discount discipleship. He doesn't do that. You can't get this for this price. Why? Because you don't have to. Or he doesn't, he doesn't have to do that. It's the best quality. It's of the best price. It's the best quality. You get what you pay for. Commitment. Or can I say it this way? Relationship. Relationship. Because isn't that what it is? We're in a relationship with God, right? And isn't a relationship a two-way street? If you're in a relationship with God and you're just in it to get, you listen, you're gonna be, you're gonna be disappointed at some point because God's a good steward. And if you spend your money on wisely, he's not gonna give you more. If you live your life on wisely, he's not gonna provide. You wouldn't for your kids. Some of you do and we need to pray for you. But that's not how we do. It's gonna cost you something. We need to make sure that we're willing to pay the price. Because on the other side of that is his blessing, his provision, his protection, his presence, his power. On the other side of that is changed lives around the world. So we gotta be willing to pay that price. Are you in? Are you, are you willing to build? Are you willing to battle? Because this next season, that's what it's gonna take. I'm just telling you right now, this next season, to build something for God, to battle for God, it's gonna take a deeper commitment. What are, you willing, what are you willing to commit to God? What are you willing to commit to each other? What are you com- willing to commit to the church? What are you willing to commit? Because we all need to be disciples, not coupon Christians. We, we need to be, because he was all in with us. We want all he's got, but Where's your commitment? Because this next season, can I say it this way? This next season of your life, you need to go all in in your relationships. This next season of your marriage, you need to go all in in your marriage. Because we know what a relationship is like when only one keeps giving out and the other doesn't give anything. I just keep giving, they keep taking. I keep giving, they keep taking. At some point in time, not only will disappointment happen, but that relationship will die. It will. Are you getting more than you're giving? Take any relationship. I'm not just talking about church here. Are are you getting more than you're given? Because commitment costs you something. But boy, is it worth it. Because God is a good and faithful God. 
Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.